I want to ask you what you thought the purpose of the church should be. Boy, would we get a variety of answers on that one. We should uh, give food to the poor, and that certainly is nothing wrong with that, and we do that. Uh, we should give counsel to the young especially those who are about to get married, we would say, don't do it. <laughs> just, just kidding. Now you know who not to come to for counsel. Uh, we would give comfort for the dying. Amen? What, what greater comfort can be had than the gospel? We... Would, some would say that we should perform marriages and funerals. What you have in this text is we go back to the very root and foundation of the apostles' mission. This is, gets right to the heart of it. What God called the apostle Paul to do was none of the things I mentioned to you. Although all of those things, every Christian at some point should be involved in to some extent. But what God really called the apostle to do, there's actually four or five things here. We won't have time for all of them, but he said, I want you, this is in uh, verse 18. Number one, open their eyes. That implies people's eyes are not open spiritually, that they can't see. They, have clo- that they don't uh, uh, see the dangers, the condition they are in, the way out, the beauty of Christ, the judgment at the end. Their eyes are closed. We're to open their eyes. Uh, He says, we're to turn them from darkness to light. Darkness here meaning despair, hopelessness. There's no real future. Depression. It always bothers me to see lost people happier than Christians. One of the marks of the Christian is he's turned from darkness to light. Hebrews 1 says Jesus was anointed with joy above his fellows. He he has joy above everyone. He's completely happy. So we're to turn people from darkness to light. Let me give you this verse. Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3. God sent Jesus to comfort those that mourn, to appoint unto them who mourn in Zion, that is in the church, and give them beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, like in a funeral, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You have a heavy spirit today? Jesus has come to give you a garment of praise. You know, what, what happens when you're heavy? 
There's something heavy on you. It just presses you down. He's come to straighten you up, put a new garment, new clothes on. But then the third one, and this is really where I want to spend my time this morning. He says, and to turn them, look again at verse 18, darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Now, if you ask most people today who are not Christians, are you under the power of Satan? Uh, and they would say, no. But did you know that the Bible teaches that the average person, the unbeliever, is under the power of Satan? And that the church is called, the apostle Paul was called, part of his mission was to go out and open their eyes and to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's our duty. Our calling as a church is a supernatural deliverance ministry. <laughs> Amen. In 1 John 5, 19, the Apostle John writes that the whole world lies in the power and the influence of the evil one. And the word that is used there in the, in the original text is the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Is the same word used of a baby laying in a manger. Just sleeping and content and happy. They, and they don't realize Satan has lulled them to sleep. We're here today, and one of the reasons we have these outreach days is to open your eyes and to turn you back toward the light and from the power of Satan to God. He, he influences us and has power over us by his lies John 8, 44, he is a liar and the father of it. Second uh, Corinthians eleven fourteen. Satan is transformed into an angel of light. It's no great thing if his servants are made to look like the servants that are right or the servants of righteousness. So he comes and he doesn't look like, he's not this, you know, devil with horns and the, pitchfork and red suit he comes wrapped in some attractive belief if, if you have a philosophy or a thought that says it's too hard to live the Christian life that's a lie Matthew 11.30, Jesus said, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Let me tell you all something. I've lived for the devil. And I've lived for Jesus. And it's a whole lot harder to live for the devil than it is for Jesus. Sin is more expensive than Jesus is. Let me tell you. You say, when did you live for the devil? That's my business.
But it's a lie. If you think it's too hard to live a Christian life, you, you have not lived in sin long enough to realize that is a hard road to carry, man, I'm telling you. Here's another lie. It doesn't do me any good to go to church. That's a lie. Hebrews 11.6, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will reward you for seeking him. That's what he says. So don't say it doesn't do me any good. It will do you good, and it'll do your children good, and as the years go by, you won't believe how much good it does you. Someone says, well, I brought this on myself, so I can't expect God to get me out of it. That's a lie. So you brought it on yourself. All of our consequences are brought on us by mostly our lack of wisdom and youthful indiscretions and sinful lifestyles. But Isaiah 61.1, I think we have that. Isaiah 61.1, listen to this verse. This comes from Bill Johnson's uh, observation on, in his book. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the, to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to the prisoner. That's the New American Standard Version. Notice that. Liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoner. Now, the captive is when you're in bondage because somebody brought it on you. Right? You're a captive. You were taken captive. That's somebody bringing it on you. But a prisoner is somebody that, look, I did it, I got caught, the sentence, and I'm in prison. That's when you brought it on yourself. He makes a distinction between those two groups. But notice that Jesus, in Isaiah 61.1, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Lord has made me the Messiah, anointed me. To what? Proclaim liberty to the captives, those that somebody did it to, and freedom to prisoners, those who did it to themselves. I say hallelujah. Because there's probably... Uh, only those two groups in here this morning, captives and prisoners, people who've gotten themselves in trouble and people that others have gotten them in trouble. But Jesus came to set both of them free. Praise God. This includes, and we should not underestimate this, this includes our children. Look at Isaiah 49, 24. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of a tyrant rescued? Some of y'all have children in bondage. Drugs or drink or enslaved some other way. He says, can the prey be taken from the mighty? Captives of a tyrant rescued? For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant shall be rescued. For I will fight against those who fight against you and I'll save your children. Hallelujah. I will fight against those who fight against you and I will save your children. 
And every parent ought to say, glory to God. I've co- See, Jesus said, Paul, I'm sending you to turn them from the power of Satan to God. The, the, our children are subject to satanic bondage and believing of lies. Luke eleven twenty one says, A strong man keeps his goods in peace. And they don't seem to be interested. Uh, a, a strong man, talking about the devil, he keeps his goods in peace. Um, by the way, that I, I did. I, I know uh, somebody might notice that I I don't capitalize Satan. I never capitalize Satan. Small s. I mean, I I know it's grammatically incorrect, but I just kind of get a kick out of it. <laughs> I anytime I can diss the devil, I want to do it. Anyway, so I, I pay a small s, and I know it. But a strong man, talking about the devil, he's a strong man. He keeps his goods in peace, talking about people. And they're, they're, they're just comfortable, and they're not interested in God, Jesus. But then a stronger than he comes upon him and plunders his house. That stronger one is Jesus. Here's some questions for you. Are you without God and his forgiveness and not concerned? That's bondage. Do you feel mounting pressure on occasion to do that which you know will harm you and your family? That's oppression. God anointed Jesus, Acts 10, 32, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Tell you what demonic oppression is. It is when there's been a pattern of, or habit built up in the past and you've stopped doing it and now you're finding an increasing pressure to return to it. It's like something in your brain it just sits there and grows and grows until you feel like you're going to burst. That's oppression. And God said to Paul, I am sending you to help those people and turn them from the power of Satan unto God. Is there darkness and depression about you that has no tangible cause, that is your job is good, your health is good, your family is good, but you're depressed. Why? Darkness, bondage to Satan, and I don't care if you're a Christian or not. If you are toward the darkness and you're in despair and there's a sense of hopelessness and depression, Jesus has come to set captives free not just non-Christians. Are you a captive to addictions, patterns of behavior? Have you lost the ability to decide to do good or right? Have you lost the ability, your willpower? 2 Timothy 2, 26 talks about 
Paul said to Timothy to gently instruct people in hoping that God will grant them repentance so they'll come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. The devil takes them captive to do his will. Lost our ability to make decisions. We had grandchildren over uh, Friday and Saturday while the, uh, my oldest daughter and her husband went up north. There's four of them, and they're a joy. I think they are. I wasn't there most of the time. <laughs> Jen tells me that they are. But I, I, I did have to come home, so I was there yesterday evening, and... We have a bird, and it uh, has this shriek that just bursts the eardrums. It's a cockatoo. I've had it about 14 years, 15 years. And, uh, and, and, and every day, Jan is faithful to feed this bird. Every day, water, food, and every day, it pecks at her. Dude, you should get a clue here. The woman has come to bring food. Probably not a good idea to peck her. But no, it's stupid. So the grandchildren over, they love to play with the bird, and they got it out last night, and they get these gloves, big gloves on, because, and it's too fat and old to fly, so it just has to sit there. And, it, and so they're walking around, and they're playing with it, and they're putting it in the baby thing, and covering it up and and after two hours of this the bird's like <laughs> and they they take it and put it back in the cage and it waddles over to the water and leans over to drink this is what they told me and failing <laughs> it died <laughs> I heard him in there. They said, Grandma, the bird's not moving. It fell in the water. So she goes in there and she says, yeah, it's dead. I'm sitting there on the computer. I'm like, wait, what? The bird died? Yes. <laughs> the Lord took it home. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, kids, I got a cat. Come play with the cat. <laughs> You're going to love the cat. <clears throat> I don't, uh, here's my illustration. We think we want outside the boundaries of where God's put us. We want out of the marriage. We want out of the church. We want out of the job. We want out of the daily routine. We want to just be free. No, you don't. There's rascals out there. And they will kill you. You will lose the ability to live. You think, you, you think by leaving God and his people that you're on your own. You're not on your own. There are other beings and personalities that take over. And he's come to turn us from darkness, that darkness, to light. 
one title for this message could be Wake Up to the Other World, the demonic world. They are waiting for you to fall. And if you think your life is in your hands, it is not. They will take over your life and take you down the road of absolute self-destruction. You'd be, you'd be like a little bird who thinks it wants out of the cage, but it doesn't know that waiting on it is four little three, five, eight, and ten-year-olds that can't wait to get their hands on it. And you'll stagger back in one day and, oh, I should have stayed with God. <laughs> okay, i got to finish. Three quick keys to being delivered this day. I, I want everybody to be delivered this day. Here's three quick keys to being delivered from the enemy. Number one, call on the Lord. Ask him to deliver you. Joel 2.32, it shall come to pass that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Whoever. Call on the Lord. Ask him to deliver you and set you free from despair and darkness and bondage and Satan and his demon powers. Number two, surrender to the Lord. Just fully yield up your life to him. You can be surrounded by demons, but if your life is yielded fully to God, you will be protected. First <clears throat> uh, Peter 5 compares Satan to a lion seeking whom he may devour. Um, Daniel 6.20 says Daniel was put in the den of lions. And the king came to him the next morning and sp after spending the night in the lion's den and said, Oh, Daniel, are you alive? Was your God able to deliver you? And he, Daniel said, Don't worry. God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of these lions and they have not hurt me. You can be in the middle of the world. When God is with you and you're walking with him, you will be protected from the mouth of the lion. Then number three, forgive everyone for everything. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11. Forgive, this is the way of deliverance. Call on him, surrender to him, and forgive everybody. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. And I'll tell you why this is so, because... Unforgiveness is so unlike God and so and bitterness is so like Satan that you are automatically like a shark to blood in the water. They will surround you and attach themselves to you and you will be supernatural in bitterness. You will be blocked in pride from reconciliation. Here's what Paul said. If you forgive anything, I also, for indeed what I have forgiven, I forgive in the presence of Christ, or that is by the strength of Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, so that no advantage be taken of us by Satan. See, he says, I forgive with the strength of Christ. Why? Because I know what Satan's schemes are. I know what he does. He takes unforgiveness and he comes in 
and takes advantage of it. Unforgiveness in your spirit is like providing a runway for Satan to land his airplane and full of cargo. And he just unloads all kind of bad stuff. So you have to remove the runway, get rid of unforgiveness. It's too much like him. It's too much like Satan. He'll take full advantage of it. Recognize that much of our pride is the result of satanic energy which has locked us in to the prison of unforgiveness. And I, here's, this is the key that will open the door for your freedom. Right here. Forgive everybody for everything. Why? Because look at you. God forgave you. God offers forgiveness to us. We embrace his forgiveness. We cannot then withhold it from others. You must forgive completely. But you don't know what they did to me, Pastor. No, I don't. I don't. And I know, uh, you know, I didn't get off the train yesterday. I know there's some bad stuff that happens to people. But I know for your sake you need to forgive them. Don't anchor yourself to, the, to your past and become a continual victim of somebody's bad deed in your life. Derek Prince, in a book called What You Need to Know About Demons, your invisible enemies, writes this. He said, after dealing with the demonic world from India to England to Africa and the U.S., sometimes with individuals, sometimes with groups, and sometimes with literally thousands of people, he said, I have found that the single greatest hindrance to deliverance from demon power is a failure to forgive those who have hurt them in the past. Amen? You want to be free today? Take those three keys and unlock those doors. Glory to God. Bow with me for prayer. Let's bow for prayer right now. Key number one, call on him. I'm going to pray for your deliverance right now, and I want you to, whether Christian or non-Christian, I'm telling you right now, Christian or non-Christian, don't make a big difference in those. But let's pray for total deliverance. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every evil spirit in this place to depart from every heart and I ask you by the Holy Spirit to fill them and grant the fruit of love and joy and peace. And This is my prayer offered to God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And surrendering to him now everything. With our heads bowed and eye closed, let me just ask this of you. How many of you say, I want Jesus to absolutely deliver me this morning? Would you raise your right hand? Absolute deliverance. Amen. Amen. Father, you see the hands of those who are here and want absolute deliverance. God, grant it to them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm fired up. I'm telling you, if you want more help with the devil, I'm looking for him this morning. He's in my sights. So will you, uh, if you if you need some more help, you let me know. We'll talk. We'll run him off. Give him a small S. Amen. Kick. <laughs> All right.
where's John? Oh, John, you moved spots on me. Had me worried there. I looked back there. and John and I are going to go get dressed. We have one more song, and then uh, we're going to baptize my brother this morning.
sing that?